that back. Let's run that back. Let's run that back. Hold on, DJ L Boogie. Hold on. You're listening to the Lounge Talk Podcast with your girl Ann Carter, DJ L Boogie. That song right there before I let go, that Frankie Beverly and Maze. What y'all know about that? That's the song, boy, at every black barbecue, family reunion, wedding, anniversary. This was a song that everybody got out there dancing to, electric sliding to. This was the joint right here. What y'all know about it? So uh, the reason why I was thinking about this song earlier, I've been watching this this video that's gone viral. It's been floating. Uh, this woman in Oakland that had a problem with two brothers at Lake Merritt having a barbecue. Two brothers just having a barbecue, something they've been doing since they were kids at the lake. And this woman decided that she wanted to call the police on these brothers. Now, why did she call the police? Well, she claims that they had charcoal in a non-charcoal area of the lake and decided that it was her responsibility to let the police know that that was not okay. Okay, first of all, this unidentified woman who all refer to as Karen. First of all, Karen they weren't committing a crime. And see, this is this is the thing. You have to be very careful. And everybody needs to know this. Now, listen closely. You don't want to just call the police on black people for no reason, first of all. We all know what's going on. We do. And uh, she did this in hopes that she was going to get these brothers in trouble and kicked out for a lake merit because she didn't think they deserved to be there. And they've been there since they were kids. Okay, so they're barbecuing, and one of them, their friend, who was on their way up there, who happened to be Caucasian also, they let her know what was going on. Like, man, this woman is harassing us. Now, the the great thing about this situation is these brothers remained calm. They were looking at this woman like, you are tripping. We're not doing anything wrong. But they didn't flash on her. They didn't react. They didn't give her a reason to say Oh my God, they're acting like this and that and that, like they oftentimes expect of us. Okay, so the friend comes up. She's on her way there already, I believe, to the lake to go and hang out, you know. And this woman who's out there on her phone talking to the police, she goes up and starts recording her. And she's like, why do you have a problem with them being up here barbecuing? Why are you harassing them? And she starts letting this woman have it. And I was so happy to see that because at first I thought it was a black woman that was recording her. But to find out that it was actually a white woman, I was like, thank you for standing up to this other white woman and letting her notice this isn't cool. They're not doing anything wrong. Do you know this woman hung out up there for two hours waiting for the police? But by the time, by the end of that, um, well, another cold thing that this woman did, she started making up stuff talking about they're harassing me and shoving me and all this. By the end, this lady broke down crying. But the other woman on the, you know, behind the camera, she didn't let up and she followed her and she let her know that she was wrong. She was trying to get her business card back, too. I guess she showed her a business card. And the lady snatched it and she was like, give me my card back. Give me my card back. But she was letting her know. She's like, oh, my God, black people are barbecuing up here. Black people are barbecuing at at the lake. Call the police. 
Yeah, she made you look like the fool that you are. Come on, Karen. You was out of pocket. And you know what the funny thing is, though? If if you look online right now, some of the memes that are going on right now are hilarious. Like, there's a meme with Karen on her phone. She has sunglasses on and a jacket the whole time. And she's just, like, walking around by the end looking all nervous and didn't know what to do with herself. So there's a bunch of memes floating around with her just kind of placed in front of black people having a good time while she's calling the police on them for having a good time so there's one you know (laughs) there's that painting in good times at the end of good times all the black people on the painting dancing at the sugar shack insert karen on her phone oh my gosh they're scratching and surviving call the police I saw one of her outside the window when Obama was still in the White House, outside the window on her phone. Oh, my God, there's a black man in the in the White House. I'm calling the police, calling the police on everybody black doing something positive, minding their business, having a good time. Here goes Karen. I won't stand for it. I'm calling the police. Karen, get the fuck up out of here. You was tripping and you know it. Karen. You tripping. Let us live. So you know what ended up happening was Oakland turned up and they had they had a big old party, a big old barbecue at that same lake right after that. They was doing the electric side slide before I let you go. Oh, take that Karen. Uh, take that and take your potato salad back to the house. Don't nobody want none of that. So it was pretty hilarious and it was cool to see the city of Oakland turn up like they did. Like, this is our city and this is what we've been doing since we were kids. Get up out of here, Karen. (laughs) It made me think of, of, of that Black Jeopardy skit. Listen. Your friend Karen brings her potato salad to your cookout. Uh Uh-oh, T'Challa. I think I'm getting the hang of this. Before I answer, a few questions. This woman, Karen, she is Caucasian, eh? Yes. And she has her own recipe for potato salad, eh? Yeah, yeah. Ah, I understand. It is noble that she would volunteer to cook for everyone. And although I have never had potato salad... Of course. I sense that this white woman does not season her food. That's right. And and if she does, it is only with a tiny bit of salt. That's exactly right. And no paprika. No paprika, no. And she will probably add something unnecessary like raisins. I know, right? So, something tells me that I should say... Say it! Oh, hell no, Karen. Keep your brand ass potato salad to yourself. See, Karen, if you was acting right, we would have gave you the recipe to the potato salad. But no, you wanted to come up in here tripping. That's all right, Karen. That's all right. (laughs) And you're listening to the Lounge Talk Podcast, episode number 27. With your girl Ann Carter and DJ L Boogie. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Hold on, L Boogie. Let's pause that real quick. Let's pause that. 
That's not Childish Gambino's This Is America that I'm playing right now. And I'm going to let you all listen to this hot garbage in a minute. Um, I don't know if you remember, there's this woman by the name of Nicole Arbor. A few years ago, I believe it was 2015, she was in the news for this um, Dear Fat People shit that she did that was supposed to be satire but actually she was bullying and saying there's no such thing as fat shaming while she fat shamed and talked all kinds of shit to people talking about oh just stop eating and all this bullshit she said there's no such thing as fat shaming it's like the race card with no without race or some old bullshit I don't know she's ridiculous and she got a lot of negative backlash for that but uh, you know she got everybody talking so now she's back at it again with her feminist version of this is America and I'm gonna let y'all go ahead and listen to it This is America. Uh-huh. Don't catch you climbing up. Uh-huh. Don't catch you climbing up. Cause don't get you slipping up. Hey, come on. This is America. Uh-huh. We'll say North America. Look how we living now. The boys could be tripping now. This is America. Got rape in my area. You got a drink. Yeah. The roof is got into your Okay, that's enough. You guys can find that if you want to hear any more of it. I need to cleanse my ears. I'm going to play something. I'm going to play something else. We're a whack ass. She's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Let's just keep that in the background. Ugh. Nicole Arbor. You fucking weirdo. Leave that song alone and let that song be what it is. You know, she shot a whole ass video for this song. And I don't really want to give her any more clicks, but I do want you guys to share in the ridiculousness that is this woman so that, uh, you know, I'm not the only one that had to suffer seeing it, but that is giving her more, more views and more attention. I understand that. That was her whole goal. I was watching this old interview that she did on The View. And, and you know, Whoopi and, and, and them was letting her have it. And then they respectfully just kind of showed her on her way. Like, well, you know, we wanted to have a conversation and you got your chance to come out and express yourself. You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But they were pretty much like, okay, bitch, well, you had your opportunity to come on out here and, and, and try to explain why you so fucking stupid. Um, thank you for coming out. <laughs> And I was just like, yeah, get the fuck up out of here, Nicole. Oh, she's such a weirdo. People be doing anything to ride the wave and get some kind of attention and get clicks and stuff. It's pretty crazy. It really is. Because, I mean, go ahead and have your movement. But you got to do it like that. Like, I mean, if you're really trying to, you know, help women and empower women, that ain't the way to do it. And I really don't believe you, Nicole, that that's your, your goal at all so anyways moving on from that whack shit that was ridiculous um do you guys know about the um the poor people's campaign i just found out about this started today there's protests going on at mm, i think 30 cities across the u.s capitals hundreds protests for the poor people's campaign And this is a movement that demands lawmakers do more to help Americans in poverty from supporting the $15 minimum wage to ending systemic racism. 
So here at the Capitol today, it was going on. And, and all across, across the country, Poor People's Campaign. So, as I scroll, I was reading HuffPost is where I saw this. Oh, oh. So hundreds of people took to the streets in cities across the country today as part of a new movement seeking to challenge racism and poverty in America. And the Reverend William Barber II and Reverend Liz Theo Harris, the two religious leaders spearheading the Poor People's Campaign, which is a national call for moral revival, led dozens of demonstrators at a rally and march in front of the Capitol in Washington, D.C., and similar rallies were coordinated and held in front of state houses in over 30 states across the country, according to organizers from Tennessee to Massachusetts to California. And participants in D.C. sang out familiar chants from protests against racism and police brutality in recent years. What do we want? Justice. When do we want it? Now. And... Reverend Barber also led a variation on the chant, what do we want? A living wage. When do we want it? Now. So hundreds were arrested, actually, at the nonviolent rallies nationwide. According to organizers in D.C., Barber, Women's March leader Linda Sarsour, and dozens of others were arrested with police leading them out of the street. They were blocking in front of the Capitol to a, a off area, an area off nearby. And the actions kicked off 40 days of planned demonstrations across the country by the campaign, which is meant to continue in the footsteps of MLK's Poor People campaign cut short when he was assassinated 50 years ago. So there was a, a domestic worker at the rally and she gave an emotional speech about her struggles living in poverty and she was speaking Spanish. So there was a translator there and she said, I work cooking and cleaning and make $11 an hour. I've suffered depression and sometimes suicidal thoughts at the thought of my children living on the streets because we can't afford rent. And she's wiping away tears, systematic poverty that has been created, not because we're lazy or don't want to work, but because of politicians who block a living wage. And it's true, man. And I, I, I have friends that, you know, they work hard. They work two jobs. There's, you know... Two people live in the household, a couple both working 50 plus hours and still struggling to pay rent and bills. And we're not even talking about food and utilities and and gas and if you have a car payment and all that stuff. It is ridiculous. And, you know, what I know is going to end up happening when they raise that minimum wage to $15, everything is going to go up. So it's going to be like you didn't get a raise at all. and, And that's the cold part about it. So, I mean, people should not be struggling for basic things. I mean, if you're making $11 an hour and your spouse is making $11 an hour and your rent is $1,200, $1,300 and you have even one child, one or two kids, you're struggling. That is crazy. And people should not have to have to try to live like that. And then you probably try to go get some kind of assistance. And if you're both working and making a certain amount, the government's going to tell you, oh, well, you're making over X amount of dollars. So you don't qualify for this. Or maybe you get a little handful of food stamps that's not really going to get you too much. So you have to have to balance that out, too. It's not OK. It's not. I was just talking to somebody the other day about 
how much my rent used to be and how much I was making back then, like way back in the day, one of my first places, it was like $600 for a two bedroom, two bath. I was probably making shit. I was making probably 14 or $15 back then. Okay. People making 14 or $15 right now. They'd be lucky if they find a room somewhere for $600. They're looking at a two-bedroom, two-bath. You're not going to really find one for less than about $1,200. Unless you go to an area that you really don't want to be in. And even then, it's going to be over $900. So it, something has to change. It's just, it's just wrong. It's not fair for people to be struggling the way they are, working so hard to take care of their families so hard can't even can't even think about saving because you can't even pay for the bare necessities it's not okay we need to do better our government needs to do better so hell yeah hashtag poor people's campaign that's what's up that's what's going on it's gonna end in june sometime the end of june at the steps of the, the, the capital in, the, in washington dc shit keep at it we're playing all the songs that you were here at, at at the cookouts and the weddings and stuff. This is on on everybody's like list because this is feel good stuff. This is what we played at our wedding when we got married in September. Not the watered down Taylor Swift version. <laughs> Not the watered-down raisin potato salad version that Taylor was singing. Not that. Not that. Anyways, what I had, what else I got here that I was checking out? <laughs> oh, I have some wine left from yesterday. So, oh, let me tell you real quick what El Boogie prepared for for Mother's Day before I get into this rosé. So. I already talked about, you know, there was going to be some grilled uh, shrimp on the menu, right? El Boogie outdid himself and took it to a whole nother level with the grilled jerk veggies and hooked it up. Boy, put his foot in it. Put his foot in it. I got to give you another round of applause. Woo! El Boogie! Put his foot in that dish of veggies. Christopher Terrell was trying to hate on it a little bit. Shout out to Christopher Terrell. He's been busy working, so you haven't heard from him in the last few episodes. But, uh, yeah, he's like, it was good. Because I was like, it was a hit, Elbug. It was a hit. And Christopher Terrell's like, it was good. I didn't call it a hit. But he gave him his props later on. So how many different veggies was in that thing, boy? There was zucchini and yellow squash, bell peppers, asparagus mushrooms um what else uh was there more veggies than that but oh fresh herbs rosemary but the special oh cloves of garlic cassandra was over here eating she's like is that a whole clove of garlic see that's why my stuff don't be tasting like this because yeah i don't be doing all this fresh garlic and fresh herbs i'm like yeah that that's the ticket right there yeah, the jerk seasoning, though, on the veggies. Who would have thought? It was so bomb. And the shrimp and some chicken sausage was also jerked. And it was so delicious. It was so good, you guys. So that and some cilantro lime rice. 
And then I made this um, bean and corn salad that's bomb. That's got some red onion and cilantro, green onion, chili powder, cumin, you know, all the stuff. You know, I'll shoot you the recipe if you want for that. Because that's bomb. That's a cool, like, simple summer salad. But all of it was delicious. And I say all that to say this, that it was accompanied by a delicious rosé that um, that was also a gift of mine. And we drank all that, and I don't have that bottle. So you have the bottle still? What was the name of that rosé? Because that was really good. It's called Maylene. Maylene Rosé, 2017. Yeah. I didn't look up much about this, but it's out of Santa Barbara, so it's local, 2017 Rosé. Heck yeah, man. It's sophisticated and beautifully hued, dry, textured, and complex Rosé. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is good. Maylene. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to have to get back with her another time she was good and then I picked up one because I didn't even know that I I had a gift of rosé so I had picked up a bottle of rosé also but you can never have too much rosé the weather's getting warm and and you know shoot so let me see what was this one I'll start it over (laughs) my bad so Casiero Casiero del Diablo is the name of this rosé and this is from Chile it's a 2017 so it's a pretty bottle like the bottle drew me over it looks like pink lace on the bottle yeah it is and that's why I was like oh how you doing Cassiero what you doing girl you want to come and kick it because you know <laughs> lace panties <laughs> that's exactly what that looks like so this one, 2017 from Chile, you are so crazy. The color is an intense strawberry with bright purple hints. Aroma, red berries, blackberries, wild raspberries. And it's pleasant, actually. It, it's There's not a lot of acidity in this rosé. And uh, it's very easy to drink on its own. Or it'd be good with something like... Um, Ooh, sushi, some ahi, that pepperfin. Ooh, Lance loves pepperfin. Yeah, that's ahi tuna. It's got jalapenos and onions and whatever that sauce is that they do on there. It's bomb, though. Yeah, it would go very well with something like that. So, Maylene from Santa Barbara, Casiero del Diablo from Chile. They're both... 2017 wines. Bomb! <laughs> and you're listening to the Lounge Talk Podcast with your girl and Carter and DJ L. Boogie. And DJ L. Boogie. Get your money, ho. Make you stressed. And you're listening to the Lounge Talk Podcast with your girl and Cardi DJ L Boogie. So Cardi B just deleted her Instagram after a beef with Azalea Banks. I don't know if you guys know who Azalea Banks is. She's a female rapper, but she's always in the news 
not about her music, but about her talking shit about somebody. Everybody from Beyonce to little actress Sky Banks. Sky, not Sky Banks, but her name is Sky something. Azalea, why are you going in on Cardi B? This woman is getting ready to have a baby, like in a month or two. Let this girl live. Leave her alone. Azalea was on The Breakfast Club, and... Um, she's no stranger to speaking her mind and she flung some pretty savage insults at Cardi B uh, during the interview calling her everything from an illiterate untalented rat to a caricature of a black woman who had lowered the bar for female rappers and then when she was asked to explain herself during the interview um, on, on the Breakfast Club Banks referenced Beyonce's 2016 album Lemonade which she claimed had marked an all-time high in the conversation surrounding black women's culture and then she said this really intelligent conversation had ended with the arrival of Cardi B come on girl and then she continues like if my spelling and grammar was that bad I'd be canceled if Nicki Minaj spelled like that we would be ragging on her all day and then you know even though Cardi's Instagram has now been deleted fans took screenshots of her clapback in which uh, she called Banks someone who constantly finds joy in belittling black women Beyonce Rihanna Sky Jackson Jackson is is her last name Sky Jackson Remy Ma and more and uh, she says she's someone who can't try and stand for them because it's convenient because now she's talking about oh Beyonce started this intelligent conversation you know what Azalea how come I know about all the shit you talking about I don't know nothing about your music but you're a female rapper like girl do you really need to keep talking shit about people all the time you better let Cardi live don't you understand that the reason why people love Cardi B is so much is and, and, it, and it started with the fact that she's real and is she flawed and imperfect like all of us absolutely does she have the best grammar and spelling no so the fuck what so what you know what fuck that let cardi live so you got a problem with all these things that you feel like she's representing then you go out and you create your art azalea the way you want to create yours and push that shit because i don't want to hear no more about what you saying in interviews and on twitter and shit go on ahead and put that shit in your music in a dope ass way that you say that everybody else needs to be doing it because i don't really know your songs you got some hits or something i want to play something on the podcast azalea go on ahead and make you a banger make a hit and you can send that shit to the lounge radio show at gmail.com i'll be waiting for it i can play it because all of this stuff and all this energy you're putting into being negative and and pissing people off and shit because that's your that's your shit you have an opinion so what they say opinions are like assholes everybody got one put that shit in the music write it and record it and put that shit out talking shit to a pregnant woman getting ready to deliver pretty soon got her all stressed out her doctor telling her telling cardi that she needs to get off of social media so she deletes her shit because you talking shit that's what you want to be known for or you want to be known for the bars for some music record something that's all i got to say about that azalea tripping tripping anyways What's that old school you you playing over there, El Boogie? What's that, El Boogie? 
One way. One way. We got a mixture of some old, like, 80s and 90s stuff in the playlist. And then we got, like, new current stuff. Whatever feels good. Whatever feels good. Da -da 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 -da. It feels good. Yeah. It feels good. Shoot. Well, El Boogie, what were you sipping on earlier? Did you have a shot of vodka in this glass over here? That was a shot of vodka on a Monday. That's how you know that the work day was like, you know what? Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, okay, let me pop this back. Mm-hmm, I ain't gonna talk about it. No? Why talk about it? I really, I think I have gotten a little better, a little bit better. I just, you know, things are what they are. And you do the best that you can to, um, you know, work through whatever it is and keep it pushing. I really like that's the motto. Keep it pushing because you control the things that you can and and other things, well, shit, you can't control them. So you got to deal with them the best way you can. And sometimes I have my glass of wine, well, all the time. And you know, we might have some shots and some good whatever, whatever, but we're going to get up in the morning and we're going to go make it happen because that's what we got to do. That's what y'all got to do. It ain't about what you want to do, but what you got to do. We all have obligations. We have kids, bills to pay, mortgage or rent to pay and stuff. And, and the day is not always fun, but we all have a why, right? Your why might be your kids or your why might be, you know, I I, I see I see something else in sight for me at, at, at the end of this. So let me go ahead and push because I got to stack this money so I can get to that. That next, that next. There's always that next. We just got to take care of ourselves during, you know, this now. So that we are, are strong enough and healthy enough to get to that next. Because there's always a next for everybody. You know, it might be a little bit of a struggle right now. But there's something better coming for you. I promise you. I promise you it is. And you might be feeling like, what is going on with me getting these crumbs right now? I need crumbs. I need more than crumbs. I need like a pile, a big stack of them. But you know, them crumbs might be placed there on a path leading to that whole slice of bread, which might end up being that whole loaf of bread, which could end up being the whole entire bakery shit. Before you know it, there's just some things you probably have to learn along the way. And I got to learn along the way before we get to the next. Anyways, you know. I hope you guys are all doing well. Thank you for listening to the Lounge Talk Podcast. This is episode number 27. And if you're on Instagram, you can follow us at the Lounge Radio. And you can follow me, Mrs. Ann Carter, at Mrs. Ann Carter on IG and also Twitter. We do have a Facebook page, The Lounge Talk Podcast on Facebook. We're still building it. But if you can find that, go ahead and like that page, too. We're going to be adding more content to that and get some visuals and stuff going for the summer. All of that stuff is coming. It is and we appreciate you for accompanying 
accompanying us on this journey of the Lounge Talk podcast that we've been uh, recording since February of 2018 now. We're about three months in. So I thank you. El Boogie thanks you. Christopher Terrell, Baba Gazoo, Crafty Man, Brother Jay, Danky E, and Smokey P, Sean Sean Torch, Teddy Brewski, T, Regular Ass T West, DJ Mad Sticks. Who else? Am I missing anyone? feel like I covered it. Shout out to my sis, Alina. She's like, she's a part of the show, even though she's not on the show. She's a part of the show. Did I miss anyone? I don't know. If I did, what they say, blame it on my head, not my heart. Because you're in my heart. You're in my heart. And you're listening to the Lounge Talk Podcast with your girl, Ann Carter, DJ L Boogie. This time for us, I melt with love. You're listening to the Lounge Talk Podcast. Into the Lounge girl. Talk Podcast, Carter. DJ El Boogie. I'm playing refinement, microclimates, every juice and five minutes. Control the show with glasses of Pinot. Grigio, sipping it slow, letting it go. Down the throat, ease the mind with no pain. And you're listening to the Lounge Talk Podcast with your girl and Carter DJ L. Boogie. So you guys remember those fires last year in Napa and, and Sonoma County? Well, the winemakers out here on the West Coast are adapting to a changing climate. So Tom Eddy's winery was at the epicenter of the Tubbs fire, which last year burned about 20 miles from north of Calistoga in Napa Valley to Santa Rosa. In fact, on October 8th last year, the winery was at the heart of the conflagration. And even though the charred meadow below has recovered and the tanks appear unharmed, there was a casualty, the wine. The juice the tanks held had been tainted by smoke. And Eddie lost 80% of his 2017 wine, representing what he says was a $2.5 million loss. Ouch. And he says, the only reason I can still function is that I don't have that much work to do. The 66-year-old winemaker says, and now left without a harvest, Eddie walks into his cave in which oak barrels sit, each holding the previous three vintages. So, yeah, those fires, man. (laughs) I was telling Book earlier, you know, you might taste a wine or two down the road and it has like this smoky finish. You know why that is. They might as well go on ahead and and come up with a brand called Red Smoke or, or Cabernet Smoke or something like that. So if you get a hint of smoke in there, then they can act like they meant to do that. I don't know. But I would imagine that it is a long process to flush out these tanks. And, like, how do you know when you got all of the smoke taste out? You basically have to keep on tasting wine. They probably have to make a batch of wine and taste it. And and then if it still has that smoke flavor, 
aftertaste, whatever, that hint of it, they got to get rid of all that. So, dang, that's crazy. That is so crazy. But um, it's nothing new with wildfires. Like, all over the place, that's always been a risk for winemakers, that they could lose their harvest or that their their wine can be tainted. So something that you never really think about what these fires do and, and how much money people really lose behind them, behind these fires. So in other uh, food and wine news, there's a Chipotle manager that got fired after being accused of stealing $600. This cat won eight million in compensation. Yeah, go ahead and tell me you think that I stole six hundred dollars. Mess around and get eight milli. So a manager of a branch of Mexican fast food giant Chipotle, who was fired for allegedly stealing six hundred dollars, has been awarded nearly eight million in compensation by a California court for wrongful termination. Jeanette Ortiz was accused in 2015 of stealing $626 in cash from the safe of a branch of the restaurant chain in Fresno, California. And when she was asked, well, when she asked to see surveillance camera footage of the theft, she was told it had been destroyed. And uh, managers also deleted text messages and lost notes about Ortiz's dismissal. Yeah, okay. Ortiz was like, Bonk that, I'm going to sue y'all. She sued him for wrongful termination. And last week, the Fresno Bee reported that jurors awarded her $7.97 million in damages. The jury found that Ortiz was the victim of a plot by Chipotle bosses to defame and sack her after she filed a workers' compensation claim for a job-related injury to her wrist. Okay, so my daughter Cassandra worked for Chipotle for a short time, over the one over by City College, and uh, she said they treated their employees horribly, and I've heard that from other people since then. And it's funny because Cassandra just got a little check from Chipotle, a little check for a class action lawsuit filed against Chipotle. It was like seven bucks. She's like, Mom, open it and tell me if I'm rich. And I opened it, and it was $7 and some change. So, but... The fact is that Chipotle has been doing their their employees like dirty for quite a while. I, I've heard that for quite a while. So yeah, to the tune of eight million dollars, Miss Ortiz, you go on in and get it, get their ass because they don't take care of people. They don't. They foul. So forget you, Chipotle. Forget you. And what else food related was I taking a look at? courtesy of food and wine buffet workers answer 12 questions you've always had about buffets hmm who's making the food and how often how much can you actually eat before getting reprimanded are the employees secretly judging you for eating 10 bread rolls and it says finally we're getting some answers so this is a off a new thread on Ask Reddit became a lively forum for current and former buffet employees to reveal some surprising industry secrets. And they share some of the most interesting and disturbing revelations here. The first one is, where can you find the best food at a buffet? 
And the answer, the more expensive stuff is usually placed towards the end of the buffet, and the end of the buffet line, in hopes that you'll fill your plate with the cheaper fillers. I think I kind of know that. I, I kind of noticed that. Next one, do employees care how much you eat? They said, we honestly don't care how much you eat. We might just joke around, but seriously, we don't care. Next, is everything sanitary? And they say, hmm, I don't eat at buffets anymore because of the stupid and gross things I've seen people do while in charge of that salad bar. Ooh. Next question, is there a way to tell how fresh the food is? Answer is walk the buffet line and look at the pans if you see dry, crusty rings or food specs. It's been sitting for a while. Request something fresher. Next, can you get a discount for eating less? People really ask this. People don't ask for a discount because you had stomach surgery. It's a buffet. You eat as much as you want, and if you can't eat that much, maybe a buffet isn't for you. How about do people ever steal food? <laughs> they say, old people try to steal a shit ton of food all the time. Show me an old person and I'll show you someone who has seven cookies and a napkin in her purse for the ride home. That was my mama. I was just telling somebody about that the other day. When we used to go to Tahiti, that um, old Chinese buffet that used to be, it was like flooring and it was on flooring right before you got to 99. My mom would take a big ass piece of Reynolds wrap and that brandy fried chicken she sure would take like an eight piece to the house and she laid it we would be in a booth and I'm sitting next to her and she lays it out on the seat and I'm looking at her like mom you're not supposed to do that and she's like Girl, I, I, I can't eat it all and she didn't want to come out and be like shit no I'm taking this home because all y'all need to eat she just kind of made it like I can't eat it all but she had intentionally put like hella brandy fried chicken on her plate with the intention of bringing it home. So, yeah, um, that's kind of, yeah, old people try to steal shit ton of food all the time. Anyways, next one. Is there anything you should avoid? Stay away from the fillers like rice, bread, polenta, and anything like that. Anything else like that. It'll take up valuable room that could be better filled with the nicer things on offer. Next question, how can you tell if meat is being reused from yesterday? Look for holes in the chicken pieces. If you remember yesterday's chicken were on a stick. And now you know it's been reused in today's casserole. Yes, they do this. Pretty much everywhere does that too, y'all. They do. Um, and the next one is, when's the best time to go? to a buffet be the first at the buffet that way you'll get freshly cooked food and it hasn't turned into the petri dish of the city yet and you really should not come to the buffet within the last 30 minutes of the runtime because odds are the food has been out for more than an hour and they're just trying to get rid of it next where can you find the freshest food they say when we put out more food, we rotate it. The tray we're removing, we take the last couple, I don't know, biscuits out of it, put them on top of the fresh one. And um, there's some buffets that don't rotate the food, but most do. 
And so uh, don't just grab a chicken leg like normal people. Shove all the rest of the chicken out of the way until you find the bottom chicken and eat that chicken. And the last one, what is the most unhealthy dish at the buffet? All the pre-made salads of potato, noodle, and ham. All that stuff is terribly unhealthy. Literal cups of mayo and ranch go into their making and... The light ranch is just regular ranch in a different container. <laughs> so that that right there, those were some tips for you if you are going to uh, the buffets. I know that the last time I went to Golden Corral will probably be the last time that I go to Golden Corral because it just didn't sit well with me. I don't know what I ate from there. And we went there because Kalia would request to go there sometime like on her birthday or something but man that last time I think it was last year on her birthday man my stomach was hurting so bad I don't know what it wasn't food poisoning though because I wasn't like throwing up and stuff but I just my stomach was like just in knots and I don't know I probably ate something crusty or you know somebody I ate some Karen's potato salad or something I ate something that didn't agree with me and uh yeah I said I'm cool <laughs> I'm good on Golden Corral there's certain things there that are good and stuff and you might like Golden Corral but for me maybe because I'm getting older and there's certain things that like my body's telling me that I can't really handle anymore for me can't mess with Golden Corral anymore it's just what it is for me if it's still good to you, you know, shoot, mess with it. But for me, I can't. And, and you, you are listening, are listening to, to Lounge Talk, Talk Podcast, Podcast with your girl, girl Ann Carter, Carter DJ, DJ L. L. Boogie. Boogie. <laughs> And you're listening to the Lounge Talk Podcast with your girl Ann Carter, DJ L Boogie. I just saw a post earlier, shout out to Jay Synth in Sacramento. He uh, did a video for Yo Gotti. He said it's had over 13 million views on YouTube. Get it, Jay Cynthia. Get it. That's Sacramento right there. Jay Cynthia. 
and uh, our boy Drew Burks. Shout out to Drew Burks. Drew has hooked up with the Asian Brothers Brewing Company. I heard that. And he has a show coming up there on June 7th from 7 to 11. The admission is $10. 4800 Florin Road and Hall. So, yeah. Drew Briggs, go check him out and go check out some some beers and an evening of also musical performances. What? Oh. Hold up. The address is 4800 Florin Road, Sacramento, California, 95823. 4800 Florin Road. Go see Drew Burks. He's hilarious. June 7th. Right? June 7th. Okay. You've been listening to episode number 27 of the Lounge Talk Podcast (laughs) with Ann Carter and DJ L Boogie. Follow us on Instagram at the Lounge Radio. And you know the rest. Okay. Tell a friend. Subscribe. And rate us on iTunes. Follow us on on uh, SoundCloud if you're on SoundCloud, or you can listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Podomatic. Yeah, and we out.